Welcome back, everyone, to 1001 Greatest Love Stories. This is your host, John Hagedorn. Today, Chapter 14, From the Sun Also Rises. And my apologies for missing this one. I'm adding it a little late. I do not know what time I got to bed. I remember undressing, putting on a bathrobe, and standing out on the balcony. I knew I was quite drunk, and when I came in, I put on the light over the head of the bed and started to read. I was reading a book by Turgenev. Probably I read the same two pages over several times. It was one of the stories in A Sportsman's Sketches. I had read it before, but it seemed quite new. The country became very clear, and the feeling of pressure in my head seemed to loosen. I was very drunk, and I did not want to shut my eyes because the room would go round and round. If I kept on reading, that feeling might pass. I heard Brett and Robert Cohn come up the stairs. Cohn said good night outside the door and went on up to his room. I heard Brett go into the room next door. Mike was already in bed. He had come in with me an hour before. He woke as she came in, and they talked together. I heard them laugh. I turned off the light and tried to go to sleep. It was not necessary to read any more. I could shut my eyes without getting the wheeling sensation, but I couldn't sleep. There is no reason why, because it is dark. You should look at things differently from when it is light. The hell there isn't. I figured that all out once, and for six months I never slept with the electric light off. That was another bright idea. To hell with women, anyway. To hell with you, Brett Ashley. Women made such swell friends. Awfully swell. In the first place, you had to be in love with a woman to have a basis of friendship. I had been having Brett for a friend. I had not been thinking about her side of it. I had been getting something for nothing. That only delayed the presentation of the bill. The bill always came. That was one of the swell things you could count on. I thought I had paid for everything. Not like the woman pays and pays and pays. No idea of retribution or punishment. Just exchange of values. You gave up something and got something else. Or you worked for something. You paid some way for everything that was any good. I paid my way into enough things that I liked so that I had a good time. Either you paid by learning about them, or by experience, or by taking chances, or by money. Enjoying living was learning to get your money's worth and knowing when you had it. You could get your money's worth. The world was a good place to buy in. It seemed like a fine philosophy. In five years, I thought, it will seem just as silly as all the other fine philosophies I've had. Perhaps that wasn't true, though. Perhaps as you went along, you did learn something. I did not care what it was all about. All I wanted to know was how to live in it. Maybe if you found out how to live in it, you learned from that what it was all about. I wished Mike would not behave so terribly to Cone. Mike was a bad drunk. Brett was a good drunk. Bill was a good drunk. Cone was never drunk. Mike was unpleasant after he passed a certain point. I'd like to see him hurt Cone. I wished he would not do it, though, because afterward it made me disgusted at myself. That was morality. Things that made you disgusted afterward. Now that must be immorality. That was a large statement. What a lot of bilge I could think up at night. What rot! I could hear Brett say it. What rot! When you were with English, you got into the bed of using English expressions in your thinking. The English spoken language, the upper classes anyway, must have fewer words than the Eskimo. Of course, I didn't know anything about the Eskimo. 
"'Maybe the Eskimo is a fine language. "'Say the Cherokee. "'I didn't know anything about Cherokee either.' "'The English talked with inflected phrases. "'One phrase to mean everything. "'I like them, though. "'I like the way they talk. "'Take Harris. "'Still Harris was not the upper classes. "'We'll return with our story "'right after these sponsor messages.' Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. And now we return with Chapter 14 from The Sun Also Rises. I turned on the light again and read. I read the Turgenev. I knew that now, reading it in the oversensitized state of my mind after too much brandy. I would remember it somewhere, and afterward it would seem as though it had really happened to me. I would always have it. That was another good thing you paid for and then had. Sometime along toward daylight I went to sleep. The next two days in Pamplona were quiet, and there were no more rows. The town was getting ready for the fiesta. Workmen put up the gate posts that were to shut off the side streets when the bulls were released from the corrals and came running through the streets in the morning on their way to the ring. The workmen dug holes and fitted in the timbers, each timber numbered for its regular place. Out on the plateau beyond the town, employees of the bull ring exercised picador horses, "'galloping them stiff-legged on the hard, sun-baked fields behind the bullring. "'The big gate of the bullring was open, "'and inside the amphitheater was being swept. "'The ring was rolled and sprinkled, "'and carpenters replaced weakened or cracked planks in the barrera. "'Standing at the edge of the smooth rolled sand, "'you could look up in the empty stands "'and see old women sweeping out the boxes. "'Outside, the fence that led from the last street of the town to the entrance of the bull ring was already in place and made a long pen. The crowd would come running down with the bulls behind them on the morning of the day of the first bullfight. Out across the plain, where the horse and cattle fair would be, some gypsies had camped under the trees. The wine and aguardiente sellers were putting up their booths. One booth advertised Anis del Toro, the cloth sign hung against the planks in the hot sun. In the big square that was the center of the town, there was no change yet. We sat in the white wicker chairs on the terrace of the café and watched the motor buses come in and unload peasants from the country coming into the market, and we watched the buses fill up and start out with peasants sitting with their saddlebags full of the things they had bought in the town. The tall gray motor buses were the only life of the square, except for the pigeons, and the men with the hose who sprinkled the graveled square and watered the streets. In the evening was the paseo. For an hour after dinner, everyone, all the good-looking girls, the officers from the garrison, all the fashionable people of the town, walked in the street on one side of the square while the café tables filled with the regular after-dinner crowd. During the morning, I usually sat in the café and read the Madrid papers and then walked in the town or out into the country. Sometimes Bill went along. Sometimes he rode in his room. Robert Cohen spent the mornings studying Spanish or trying to get a shave at the barber shop. Brett and Mike never got up till noon. We all had a vermouth at the café. It was a quiet life, and no one was drunk. 
I went to church a couple of times, once with Brett. She said she wanted to hear me go to confession, but I told her that not only was it impossible, but it was not as interesting as it sounded, and besides, it would be in a language she didn't know. We met Cohen as we came out of the church, and although it was obvious he had followed us, yet he was very pleasant and nice, and we all three went for a walk out to the gypsy camp, and Britt had her fortune told. It was a good morning. There were high white clouds above the mountains. It had rained a little in the night, and it was fresh and cool on the plateau, and there was a wonderful view. We all felt good, and we felt healthy, and I felt quite friendly to Cone. You could not be upset about anything on a day like that. That was the last day before the fiesta. Thanks for joining us for this rather late Chapter 14 from The Sun Also Rises, which in about 30 to 45 minutes will be assuming its place in the lineup. Thanks for joining us, and we'll be back soon. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.